I said last week, and I meant it, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18 and 19, is not a story about homosexuality. It, it's, it's not, at least not in the type of homosexuality that we see today, right? It's not that story. But a friend of mine pointed out to me that it's not just a story about God destroying wicked people either. In fact, Darren Pesnell is his name, pastor over Ironworks, and he pointed out to me that this is really, if you read from chapter 18, you find out that it's also a story about, it's a story about how Abraham responds when he finds out that God's going to destroy wicked people. So let's talk about this. Do you know know the story that these people are famously wicked? Sodom and Gomorrah. They are violent and they are lustful and they are rageful. And and you can just, I want you to imagine living at that time. Imagine living in one town over from Sodom. You've you've heard the stories. You've heard about there was a shooting in a church. There were riots in one of the big cities. And races actually hate each other. And you've heard that they've actually institutionalized things that God condemns. That can you imagine living in that time? Now imagine that God himself comes to you and says, it's too much. I'm going to destroy these people. What would you do? What would you say? Here's what Abraham says. Then Abraham approached the Lord and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will you not be the judge of all the earth and do right? So what's what's Abraham doing here? He's pleading with God for these people. He's pleading with God for these wicked, wicked, famously, the most famously wicked people in all the earth. And he's crying out for them. Watch what God says. The Lord says, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. To which Abraham says, how about 45? How about 40? How about 30? How about 20? How about 10? And each time God says, okay. Okay, okay. Finally, they stop at 10, and God says, For the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Verse 33 of chapter 18 says, When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. So I want you to set this out here, and I want you to see, what did Abraham do when he found out that God was going to destroy these horrible, ungodly, wicked people that they deserve to die? What did he do? He pleaded for them. He didn't celebrate their destruction. He didn't mock them. He didn't call them names. He begged and pleaded and negotiated with God on their behalf. He loved them. Church, my first question for you today is this. If you believe that homosexuality is a sin, if you believe that our culture is deceived and heading in the wrong direction, if you believe that moral degradation is overtaking our world, if you believe that God is going to destroy this whole world by fire and only those who trust in Christ will be saved, are you pleading with God for these people, for our people, for our city? Are you begging them? Are you negotiating? second thing I want to point out in this story is this. God said that if he just found 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would have preserved the whole place. So let's let's do some simple math here. Um, Lot, Abraham's nephew, was there. 
and he was a follower of God. And Lot was, um, had a wife, and he had two daughters, and both the daughters had husbands, so son-in-law. So if you just do the math right there, you see that there, if, if Lot had just reached his family, they were automatically kind of a given. There's six people in the city of Sodom who are going to be God followers, who are going to be righteous. So that leaves us four. In order to preserve the whole place, Sodom and Gomorrah, all Lot had to do was reach four more people for God. In order to preserve the whole region, to stop the destruction that is, is, is earth-shatteringly famous, all he had to do was reach four people, which leads to some really, really interesting questions here. Was Sodom really so hard that literally no one in the whole city would listen to him? Was it really that bad of a place that it didn't matter? He shared the gospel and no one listened. It could be. But living in our world today, I have to ask another question too. Could it be that he was so afraid of being called homophobic, so afraid of hurting friendships and business relationships, so afraid of sounding judgmental that it was easier to let everyone be destroyed by God than to actually share his faith? Could it be that he was a coward? And he'd rather let everyone die than insult them. Man, that could be too, couldn't it? Church, if you believe 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, then what are you going to do? Are you going to be so controlled by fear that you're literally going to let friends and family members destroy themselves and cut themselves off from God forever? Or are you going to take the risk? Do you think that I'm not afraid? I, I almost wet myself last night. <laughs> I mean, when I heard that there might be picketers here, I, I was literally shaking. Do you think that I'm not afraid about this message and about how we'll be labeled as haters? Do you think that I'm not afraid? I'm terrified. But here's the thing. If I love God and my neighbors... At a certain point, I can't remain silent anymore, can I? To remain silent is to be a coward. To remain silent is sin. I got us.